Hey guys, I am here in London with Martin Sellner, and you probably know him by now. Well, at least if you're a regular viewer of my channel. This video was actually requested. I've been doing a lot of videos on the identitarians, and some people were curious what exactly that means to be an identitarian. So Martin is kind enough to do that interview now. So he's basically going to go into what it means to be an identitarian, why they don't identify as nationalists. There's a specific reason. So let's go. Maybe first, um, it's very important, the question. Many people are curious. Yeah. Also, the leftists are curious. Yeah. Especially Julia Ebner was very curious. <laughs> for, she, for those who don't know what he's talking about, we she was a vice journalist that, that journalist. tried tried to, to infiltrate the... Fighting extremism. And yeah, she, she, uh, she was a Wig, um, very cheesy, and she came to one of our meetings and basically she seemed fishy to all of us. But we mm. let her stay for the first uh, for the first presentation, and um, this was actually about ethnocultural identity. Because I, if I would need to summarize what the movement is about, it's basically a pan-European youth movement with the goal to um, preserve and secure a future for ethnocultural identity in Europe and uh, for our traditions. For that, we're using non-violent activism to create actions, to create visible acts of re, um, resistance, to activate and unite the scattered and isolated silent majority. That's mm -hmm. our goal. And by that, I think we can change the overton window, we can change the public debate into a way that it enables a political solution for this problem. Turns out to be um, uh, de-Islamization, re-migration, closing of borders and stopping Islamization in Europe. That's basically our goal and that's what we're fighting for. And every single little action, every flyer, every sticker, everything follows this whole grand strategy mm -hmm. to change mm -hmm. and uh, preserve our ethnocultural identity. Mm -hmm. I think a good place to start is maybe you guys identify as ethnopluralists. So for those who don't know what that is, can I, you please I hate give, to say I identify as something. That's something, you know, that's all, that sounds so just this warrior uh, thing. I yeah. know, I know, I know. Because I don't identify as I am. Okay, okay, I you am, are. You, I am you an ethnopluralist. Are an ethnopluralist. I am ethnopluralist. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, for, but, for uh, the but misuse of language. I, really, I am an ethnopluralist, yes. and this is basically also a, a line of division between... Um, Identitarians, new rights, and the old right. We have uh, we have not this um, important understanding. Is we don't have this huge intellectual um, uh, work and compendium. You don't need to read like twenty uh, books of Marx to be an identitarian. Because what I said is very easy and very simple. This is our consensus. This is what we're fighting for. Mm -hmm. And around this consensus, people have very different beliefs. And more, some are more libertarian. Some think they are more for like a, a social solidarity. And that's because identitarianism and identity, ethnocultural identity, is a social fabric of society. Mm -hmm. that also unites all these different sides, left and right and so on. So it's not about left and right. It's about um, about globalists versus uh, people who want to preserve the national identity. Mm -hmm. And ethno means that we want to preserve a national identity, but in a way that is not chauvinistic, in mm -hmm. a way that is not... Um, considering others inferior or wanting to exterminate them. We want to preserve our ethno-cultural identity or traditions, but not on the cost and the expense of others. Yeah. That's a basic idea. And that's why we, for example, reject um, the old, old racist, chauvinistic ideologies that are very often linked to the demand to preserve our own culture and mm -hmm. identity. And I think that's the main problem. This buzzword, white supremacy and supremacists, is floating mm -hmm. around all the time. People um, are afraid of it. And I think it's very, very important for us internally but also externally so really authentically make a make a, a big division line between preserving our identity our borders and mm -hmm. our traditional ethnocultural heritage and having a supremacist uh, universalistic um, neoconservative basically globalistic ideology mm -hmm. that wants to wants to uh, unite and dominate the whole world mm -hmm. 
And you described identity, the way you presented it, you described it as a sphere. So can you go into that? I, I found it very interesting. It's a sphere of identity. Yes. Again, I have no flip chart, so you, I, you, <laughs> you need to use your imagination. It's like a ball of identity. Yeah. We want to preserve the whole sphere mm-hmm. in the present now, but also in the past and to um, ensure a future for it. And this sphere can be divided horizontally once and vertically uh, two times. Well, why? Because the ethnic cultural identity have two, has two sides and three levels. The two sides is the ethnic side and the cultural side. The yeah. three levels is the regional, national, and the European level. And by understanding that, and by giving each side and each level um, its own right, you know, but not um, trying to reduce ethnic cultural identity on just one side or one level, mm-hmm. that's how we differ from classical right-wing movements because mm-hmm. most of them, especially in the 20th century, fascism, nationalism, um, so on, they, they were reducing the ethnic cultural identity just to one side, mm-hmm. just as leftists and globalists are, are trying to reduce it to the to the civilizational, supranational and cultural level and completely denying the ethnic question mm-hmm. and the national, the regional identity. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's the ethnic ethnic and the cultural side we want to preserve both. Mm-hmm. Culture is something you can assimilate into, it's dynamic, it's changeable. The ethnic side is of course something you inherit something you cannot change as you also cannot change your sex or um, your parents yeah mm-hmm. and but both of them create ethnic cultural identity and we want to preserve both of them for Europe that's why we want Europe to be, be to stay um, homogeneous majority European countries as they've been 30,000 years before and the, the levels can you explain those now of course uh, for the levels it's also also easy um, especially if you remind and remember this sphere, sphere level on the regional level and the national and the civilizational level, you also have those both sides. On the regional level, the, uh, the ethnic side is your family and your, your wider family, you know, relatives, your cousins living together. And the cultural side is your dialect. It's the football club, club you like, the pub you go into. This is where people really experience uh, uh, ethnocultural identity on the very local regional level. And that's also where we... Um, we uh, focus with our activism very often. All the French groups, they have implemented... Uh, national, regional heroes and stories into the logos, into their, into their ideas and their, their um, memory days celebrating this re- very regional identity because that's where people really feel it and that's where people also really get active and tell me I don't recognize my quarter, my block anymore after mm-hmm. multiculturalism. The next step, the national national level is also it's like the most important one because it's the political level. Right. The nation is always where uh, the state is um, <coughs> state is built up upon. It's the most political level. Uh, people is always the, the biggest um, ethnoculturally linked community that has a pol- political uh, representation. Mm-hmm. And um, on the cultural level, you here have the have the language itself. Yeah, you have, you have um, the religion, the tradition. This uh, historic uh, memory of a generation spanning we, and on the ethnic level you have the people. The, the nation is something that is, of course, never, never racially pure, as mm-hmm. leftist claim or completely enclosed. But in this uh, dynamic, there's a red threat of homogeneity, mm-hmm. and it's the easiest way to describe it is, at the moment, if you look, for example, at, at um, let's take Estonia in Eastern Europe, all the Estonian people who live there, the majority of them are the sense of people who have been living in Estonia 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. As you go 100 years ago, also, most of them have been descendants of, of those people living there. Assimilation, integration always works. People are, are melted in, that works, but there's a red threat. And now for the first time in 30,000 years, we're facing in Europe a situation where in 100 years, the people who are living there, the majority of them will have no links to the people who have been living there 100 years ago. And to believe that this will not change the culture, this will not change the identity, this will not change our legal system, is utter, is sheer madness. Mm-hmm. And we also talked about in the video before that culture and people are linked together. And to make the last level on the 
European level. And that's what differs us from, for example, old school nationalists. That's also why I don't identify as a nationalist, yeah. is um, you have the civilizational level. That's the European civilization, the, the, the family of peoples, basically, the, um, that was where Christianity and the faith was very, very important. It created this European unity for the Battle of Lepanto, the Battle of, uh, of Tour and Poitiers. And um, this uh, European unity, in a way, got lost during um, the, the rise of nationalism. Every nation in Europe thought that they were an empire and they were a civilization their own. And basically, they needed to create a bigger empire um, taking many, many parts of the neighbored countries. And this created basically a brother war in Europe and um, all these uh, misconceptions, all these uh, re reductions of the whole sphere of ethnocultural identity to just one side or just one level, this was creating mm -hmm. all the different fractions of, of writing ideologies during the last 100 years. Mm -hmm. And we as identitarians don't want to create a new one, we want to take a step back. Mm -hmm. We want to take a step back and preserve the whole thing as it is. And that's why we talk about ethnocultural identity, because it's a mass, much more abstract and much more mm -hmm. engulfing word that, uh, that um, also spans, uh, uh, goes back to, for example, Leonidas. Leonidas was an identitarian because he was fighting for his ethnocultural identity in his concrete and um, historic form against his concrete and historic enemies. Mm -hmm. He was not a nationalist, you know, he was not a fascist, he was mm -hmm. not um, whatever. And that's why we, why we take a step back and really try to understand the phenomenon as it is in its whole, um, whole uh, complexity and um, without reducing it to just one right. side or one level. Right, So, because you have the regional, the national, and the civilizational level. And if you identify... And the side, and, and the you, ethnic, and the cultural side. Yeah, and yeah. if you mm -hmm. identified as nationalist, it would only be taking the second level, and that's why, because exactly. it's only a small piece, exactly. and you regard mm -hmm. it as much more. And I think that's also, for example, a problem when you see like civic nationalism, ethnic nationalism, all these divides, yeah? I think civic nationalists are completely wrong, mm -hmm. yeah, because they're only fa only only um, focusing on this side and ignoring the ethnic side. Mm -hmm. They're ignoring that your decency, you know, ethnicity also plays a very important role in your identification. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. Whether you like it or not, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. The state cannot and has cannot become a neutrally for... Um, a, new, a cultural neutral framework it has never been it will never be but also if you, if you look at ethnic nationalists if they are only biologists and only talking about IQs color shapes and so on they um, misunderstand basically that culture and a cultural identity is also a very important thing that in the first place only creates um, ethnic groups and that uh, assimilation and integration in these in these groups and in these people all, is something that is theoretically and also practically possible, mm -hmm. but only in certain amounts, capacities, and levels. So I think both of them have a very extreme point of views, and uh, we, um, as personally, I as an identitarian, so that's also um, a very personal approach to this subject. As I said, we don't we don't have this. Um, huge compendium of, of theory and philosophy and so on. Right. I really try to take always the straight way yeah? mm -hmm. and, and don't get, get, uh, get into, into one extreme misunderstanding or right. reduction. Yeah. And you mentioned a generation-spanning we, this yeah. term. For those who aren't aware of what this means, can you explain what you mean by it? Actually, it's the most, um, the best way, in my opinion, to explain uh, ethnocultural identity in, uh, in a less abstract way. Uh, I, as an Austrian, I say I'm proud that we fought back the Turks since 1683. Yeah? I'm proud that we are a great uh, skiing, uh, skiing nation. Yeah? We yeah. always win, 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 win in skiing in Europe. I'm proud of Mozart. I'm proud of her history. I'm also proud of the role of Austria in the Holy German Empire. That you created coffee. 
we created coffee, we, we and there's always yeah. this we, you know, and this we is creating um, uh, basically the, the basic social fabric and framework that we can have a rule of law, that we can have democracy, that we can have social system, because only the solidarity and this mutual trust that these people also belong to this we, and even if they could, they would not use everything against me, you know, they will, they will, uh, like, um, they will not exploit the social system. When they win an election, even if they are, have a different party, a different political view, they will not kill me. They will mm. not destroy me. They are not their opponents, but they are not enemies. This is, the, this is the social fabric and the basis for everything we have. And this generation of Hispanic we is now being destroyed. Because when you go through Vienna and you ask the young Turkish people there, yeah, the migrants, whether they have a passport or not, are you proud that we beat the Turks since 1683? They will not. They will beat you in the face. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what they will do. And that's how they how multiculturalism is destroying this generation of Hispanic we. And people can go into that. That's the thing. You know, it's basic, theoretically possible. Yeah, that some that, that people join it in a way. Yeah, and after a while, um, uh, become part of this. It's not a not a complete closed system. You know, and it's it's not a, like um, only a set of genes. You know, mm-hmm. but this of course uh, demands time. People who come from 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 um, uh, come very slowly in slow numbers or from a culturally very close area, and it also demands that those people are coming really want it, and the people are living here really want it. Both mm-hmm. sides need to want it, and those people coming in need to be completely accepted as part of this community and want to become part of this community. Mm-hmm. And all of these uh, these uh, these principles, you know, uh, are are missing at the moment. It's mm-hmm. why assimilation has completely failed, integration has failed, and that's why we need remigration mm-hmm. if you yeah. want to save Europe. Yeah, and, and now understanding a bit more what identitarians are, mm-hmm. you can naturally now understand why your main objective is to stop the Great Replacement. And exactly. just briefly, because we, we've, we've discussed this on the channel before, for those who aren't aware, can you go into what the Great Replacement is? It's basically the, the, um, the biggest problem at any European generation has ever fate, uh, faced. Um, even the battles I mentioned before, the Panto Potier, they're like, um, I don't know, the like a child birthday party against what we're facing now because it's taking away this uh, this uh, this very f- uh, foundation and basement it's irreversible a cultural crisis economical crisis in a country can be can be with none you can can get out of it but you mm-hmm. cannot um, reverse a, a population replacement and we're facing it everywhere in Europe that especially in the young generation already mature if those people are not within this generation spending we have a completely different ethnocultural identity and therefore also different political opinions and they're not voting and they're voting in ethnic blocks and their basic idea in a way is an idea of colonization and completely changing Europe into a Sharia and Islamic country. That's a fact and everybody's closing his eyes to this fact is either an idiot or irresponsible. And um, even the mainstream media is admitting it now. Exactly. And the crazy thing, what I what I what I what I um, what I hate most about is they're always they're still talking about assimilation and integration. Although assimilation and integration, by definition, mean the integration, uh, meaning like like being engulfed and, and being uh, being um, um, installed into, or the assimilation being uh, means being melted into um, of a minority into a strong majority. But while the demographic numbers are, are changing, the the, the def- basic definition. The necessities of integration assimilation are fading away. And that's why today I think people still believe that integration assimilation can be a solution for this whole problem here. Um, they, are, they are delusional or they lie. Mm-hmm. And um, so the great placement is basically what's attacking our ethnocultural identity on all sides. Mm-hmm. And um, for me also very important to stress is it's not only um, the, the, about immigration, also culturally we have a problem, mentally we have a problem. 
the ethnic cultural identity is not only about the ethnic um, demographic facts. That's of mm -hmm. course the most the, the most important uh, indicator. But the problem, the reason why it's happening, is our cultural problems: our nihilism, our antinatalism, the uh, the vast number of abortions, the se the self hatred, white guilt. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, the um, Gertz Kubitschek, one of the biggest German right thinkers, said before the actual Great Replacement took place, we had a spiritual Great Replacement. And that was the reason why the, why the um, ethnic one could take place. Exactly. But I think that's a very important point to make because we're so focused on these external things that we forget to look at ourselves and the mistakes we're making and why we Absolutely. are actually responsible Absolutely. for this. Absolutely. So I would like to make a full video on this topic, but yeah. a, a bit later yeah. on. So then you, your main objective is to stop the Great Replacement and your, your plan for this. You actually have a plan mm -hmm. on how to, and this is remigration. Exactly. It's um, <clears throat> remigration is like the, the the most important term. It's also something different than just repatriation. And remigration goes together with a strong leading culture in a country. And that's basically our critique of multiculturalism. Multiculturalism thinks the state can become a culturally neutral framework that within itself, uh, with social techniques, just um, organizes different ethnic groups and you can replace a population within this neutrally uh, um, this neutral framework like you replace parts of a machine mm -hmm. but that's not how a state works and the state needs a strong dominant identity in leading culture this generation spending way to work mm -hmm. and it only can take this amount of people and those kind of people in who can assimilate or integrate into that so basically that's the main main uh, rejection of multiculturalism and remigration okay. means that we need to change the demographic tendencies that we have at the moment by completely inverting the push and pull factors. At the moment, the push factors in the in the peripher poor periphery of the world and pull factors in Europe, open borders, uh, social spending, self-hatred. Basically, we are going away, we are leaving a vacuum that's sucking those people in. Mm -hmm. And if you revert these push and pull factors by stopping the social spending for those people and, 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 and cutting down the welfare state for migrants mm -hmm. by a policy of de-Islamization, because the majority almost... Um, all of the non-European migration to Europe at the moment is Islamic. So if you start a policy of de-Islamization that makes it impossible to live a fundamentalistic, radical, um, violent Islam in Europe by, for example, banning the burqa, banning, banning, banning uh, minarets, banning preaching in different, in different languages, then I think what you could create was, uh, would be a, um, a change in the tendency. Mm -hmm. basically a European hitcher where, where those people go back into countries where they really can live their faith and if you create perspectives, economical perspectives in those countries of origin of those people then also this could, um, could become an incentive to go, to go back mm -hmm. basically to, to make it more concrete in Austria every year about 70 to 80,000 foreigners leave the country in Germany it's about, um, about 900,000 at the moment it's a, a huge number but at the same time, much more coming in. So mm -hmm. the saldo is, um, is always positive, so we always get, in, get more and more migration. But if you would reduce the, the non-European trends and working migration, since our capacities for integration and assimilation are completely um, yeah, um, uh, over, then you could create a minus migration, a negative migration that year by year could um, slow down the growth of parallel societies and in the end um, also shrink them down. Mm -hmm. That's basically something, some people might say it's unrealistic, but also 10, 15 years ago, people would have said it's unrealistic that London would change to, um, to um, Londonistan within a few decades. So demographic is something dynamic that's been created by the by the, by the um, um, yeah, uh, by incentives. Yeah? And we need to revert the push and pull factors. And this uh, could stop the great replacement, revert it, and over a long period, 
without any um, violence problems or, um, or even changing any any uh, basic laws because it's just our constitution being applied, uh, revert the whole demographic catastrophe from other culturalism to state where it was before. Given that you guys are ethno-pluralists, I know the mainstream media, of course, they immediately link you with far-right groups being extremists. How do you guys differentiate yourselves from this? First of all, I would put the burden proof on exactly those people. I would ask them, what's the definition of racist, of far-right, and all these these words they're using um, as buzzwords, basically, because very often they have no definition. It's just like um, um, punch a Nazi, and I decide who is a Nazi. That's that's basically how they work. Um, I think it's very clear and easy. If you really are an ethnopluralist, um, you clearly say that every culture has its right of existence and, uh, and its value in itself. And what you want is a coexistence of cultures in the world. And I grant the um, Tibetans and the Japanese and the Sri Lankans the right for existence, for having an ethnocultural identity mm-hmm. and being sovereign nations. And I want just the same right for us. Right. So actually, it's like um, by loving our own identity, we also understand how other people love their identity and respect their identity. It's a very logical thing, and that's what differs us from a classical, also um, very often neoconservative, manifestistic, universalistic uh, idea that thinks that you need to you need to colonialize the whole world or invite the whole world. Those yeah. things are linked linked to each other very very much. And for far right, I would say um, what we are demanding is completely normal. It was a consensus, thousands of years, everybody, from Goethe to, to Hume and Shakespeare would agree with us and would be an identitarian because it's so easy and logical and clear. And the problem is that what is considered centrist at the moment is actually leftist liberal because the Overton window, the, the political window, has shifted to the left that far gradually during the last years that what's subjectively seen as the center is objectively leftist liberal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same concept of being married and loving your spouse, but not you know, respecting others, but not wanting them in your home as well, you know? Exactly, exactly. Just because um, a married um, husband uh, only loves his wife doesn't mean he hates the others. Just because you love your children more than others, you don't hate others. And there's also something where you can refute this stupid argument ah it's so pity to be proud of your of your of your nation and of your of your of your of your country because only people have nothing else to be you know this individualist myth when you're proud of your parents as a child it's the same thing actually the same thing you've done nothing um, mm-hmm. for your parents to be successful but still you're proud and if you are allowed to be proud of your parents you're also allowed to be proud of your ancestors and you and their collective um, collective uh, creation that's your nation that's your culture. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually stupid if you're not proud of your mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, so generation identity is obviously very active on the internet, mm-hmm. but I think it's more the internet is used to publish what you do in real life. Can you go into the things that you guys do, like the street activism, the demonstrations mm-hmm. and actions, why you do them, what kinds of actions and demonstrations you do, and why you think they're most effective? Um, yeah, that's actually the most important thing because... As I said, action is for us the most important thing. We're not a theoretical think tank movement. I think um, there are far too many conferences being held in the, in the right well, wing. Well, you say yourself, isn't it? It's kind of a tagline for your movement that 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 action unites and, and talking divides. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I think. What also why why we don't make this this many theoretical videos at the moment. There's really demand for. I also will do it in my own channel that I hope you will link in this video. <laughs> Maybe. But um, I'll, I'll consider it. Action is for us the most important thing, and um, it's also very obvious and clear what needs to be done now. They need to be pull the brake. Um, 
of to massive immigration, but many people don't know how to do it and how we actually can make a change. But we can make a change by um, showing visible <coughs> acts of resistance because we have something. We have we have basically we have an we have an army. We have a, we- a weapon that has not been activated yet, and that's the silent majority. That's the fact that the majority of, of people also here in London also in Germany, no matter where you go in Europe, the silent majority of people is against what's happening at the moment. They're against massive immigration, they're against Islamization, they want it to be stopped, but they have no platform, they have no um, mouthpiece, no voices who also utter this opinion in the mainstream and those who do, who dare to, are slandered and completely destroyed, just like Tommy Robinson we met yesterday, whose life has yes. been completely destroyed for speaking out of this. And mm-hmm. also, they try to do it with mine, they try to do it with yours, and that's the problem. So we need basically what we need is a coming out of this group. And the strategy has been also applied by many minority groups, uh, also in the, uh, by by Gandhi, for example, by the by the um, civil resistance movement. It's a strategy of non-violent resistance, of non-violent action, showing your face, creating courage, showing visible acts of of, of disobedience that bring this community together. And this is a complete different dynamics. And you've seen it. You, we've been to a conference in England, and then we've been to an action. Yeah. And you've seen the different dynamics. At a conference, people were listening to speeches, some were sleeping, a bit bored, and they went home. It was a great conference. It's yeah. not against this conference, conference in general. If you, if you make videos, you attract views. You know? If you make speeches, you attract listeners. But if, if you do actions, you attract activists. And that's the difference of why we're doing the actions. And for us, um, this kind of, of, um, of uh, Greenpeace... Um, well-trained um, um, surprise blitz act- activism is ap- is actually the way to go at the moment mm-hmm. because we don't have the strength in numbers yet. We don't have the massive uh, massive amount of people who would show their face at the moment. They're waiting for signals and this dispersion phase at the beginning. I also talked about it in a few theoretical videos I made on my channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Just just to interject and, really quickly, um, Martin has is now starting to make videos again on exactly. his English YouTube channel. That's so why I, I do this whole video. It's like it's only an, <laughs> an, only an advertisement, yeah, advertisement well, move, well, okay. an advertisement I, I move for my own channel. And if you want to, um, also what I say here, you know, it's a very interesting introduction. But if you want to have the real deal and really yeah. know what you need to well, do, I see how it okay. Is well. No, to sum it up, how, how to sum it up, it's it's about a, a, a strategy of nonviolent resistance to make the silent majority active and visible because our leftist totalitarianism wants to keep them dispersed yeah. and, and, and isolated and in this in this state they have no power at all just like sand all grains of sand there are no structure and we want to want to put it uh, turn this sand into concrete to build a big beautiful and great wall I like it <laughs> yeah so Generation Identity has now officially launched in the UK and Ireland with an action on Westminster Bridge. A few days ago, it got a lot of media attention from the mainstream media. Of course, immediately they labeled it far-right and extremist, but then very good representation from outlets like Breitbart and a few others. So for those who are interested in joining, where is Generation Identity active right now, like real? Because there are a lot of imposter mm-hmm, accounts mm-hmm. and Facebook pages. and So where is it actually active? Who can join at this point in time? And where do you plan to expand to? Um, yeah, it's, as you said, it's very important that we, we keep basically the brand, the profile, that yeah. we don't uh, let anybody take it because, as you've seen, we have a clear understanding, especially as a very clear strategy. Well, it'll be lines. it'll be easier to be infiltrated and subverted if you just let they, it. They try it all the time, yeah. every time, and uh, we have, have to had to kick a lot of people out. Yeah, as mm-hmm. I, I think also like like a lot of the right wing fringe groups at the moment are controlled opposition. 
um, in a way, yeah, that they want to want to um, diminish our potential of sympathizers. They know exactly that we have this huge weapon of the silent majority, and they want to um, to put all the activist groups who could activate them, who could make, uh, who have this idealism. All the young people have this overflow of idealism to show visible acts of resistance who don't care about their career and their life, and they would want to put them in a in a in a, in a frame and in in a position where they cannot attract many uh, these people. So they want to neutralize the amount of energy and idealism that exists in the, in yeah. the young generation of Europeans at the moment. And in order to prevent this, we created a generation identity. And the moment we're active in Austria, of course, first, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Germany, uh, France, Italy, um, these are like the main four countries. And at the moment, um, there are also groups in Hungary, in um, Czech yeah. Republic, in Slovenia, and um, um, contact uh, persons and, and in, uh, in Great Britain, a group is being setting up in the UK. We also and Ireland. And Ireland, and also in, in Norway, there are, there are contact, contact persons. But apart from these four groups that I mentioned, we are now setting this up, and we yeah. see what will come out. So I, th um, um, I hope that we will, will be able to create create structures there, create um, uh, real real movements and uh, infrastructure there, and people who are able to show their face uh, and to maintain a regular activism, and also to perform this higher activist stance. But uh, best would be also. Um, Within the within the next month, we want, we'll finally set up an English uh, overhead page that lists all the official GI groups, and also where people who are interested, who not don't speak German, French, or Italian, can write us, can contact us, and can see if they can find if you can find a chapter in the in the region where they can get active. But even if it don't exist yet, you can you can um, start um, buying and handing out stickers on the identitarian movement um, mm -hmm. uh, page of the Generation Identity UK. You can start educating yourself. You can um, link, share, and subscribe the videos of my channel, for example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, it's just like the whole thing. Well, Martin, he's thrown in like five times. Subscribe. I have two more questions. First of all, for... Okay, so for those who are Unless interested... It's nice to make a channel um, to, to, that gets more subscribers than yours. Yeah. Challenge, <laughs> no, challenge just accepted. Just kidding. Just okay, kidding. so for those who do live in these countries who are interested in joining, I'll link all the relevant pages below so you can go and, and get in contact. But I want to just clarify really quick, Generation Identity is a youth movement, so most of the activists mm. are under 30, but there is a place, obviously, for people over 30. Can you go into that, Mike? Yeah, good that you mentioned it. We are a youth movement. Yes. So basically 30 is the, is the line. And, yeah. um we also really are, it's focused to young Euro European uh, patriots who want to get active. <coughs> that's that's um, that's our core target group. But also if you're older, just contact us because um, I don't have, do you have, oh, look here. As you can see here, um, the, our logo, the Lambda, you know, is a sharp, a sharp spearhead and a sharp, a sharp small front, but it's a broad, a broad um, basis. We need this broad basis of support, also from people who are a bit, who are a bit, um, bit older. Just contact us; we'll find a place for everybody. So I think that's about it. It was just kind of a little summary of things. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but hopefully, it just gave you a small idea of what the identitarians are about. Because a lot of people tend to just link you in with all these groups as if all of them are the same. But you guys are very specific and doing a very specific thing. So We're I hope very that. Well, if you say so. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks so much for watching. I will link his English channel below. He now is going, he hasn't made videos on it in months, but he's now going to start doing that. So if you're interested, do check it out. Please and subscribe because I want to get more subscriptions. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a competition now. I, I see how it is. Thanks so much for watching, guys. See you next time. Bye.